0: Welcome in the From the nosebleed Sir Duke has become the unofficial official uh, theme song of the show and I kind of love it dude every time I hear Stevie Wonder I get in a like uplifted mood I feel happy I want to conquer the day and then I put on like you know Bon Jovi and it ruins it <laughs> but Stevie Wonder is like he does that for me. And um another person that did that for me for twenty years is Angelo <laughs> Cataldi. And he's joining us, as I mentioned, for, you know, about a week at this point. And uh Angelo, I'm so thrilled that you're here. Yeah, you this are is awesome. You are literally an idol of mine personally. So I want to thank you for taking the time.
1: Thank you. It's my pleasure. I uh I I try to do these to pay it back a little bit at a time, Seamus. You know, there's so many people who are loyal to me and to our show for so many years that it's the least I could do is to share my thoughts and I'm happy to do so.
0: Yeah. And, and it's awesome. And I'm in the middle right now of reading your book uh, loud and it is is un—it's unbelievable. And as a radio nerd, which is what I am, I've always been a sports radio junkie. Uh, I mean, this is like an unbelievable look into how it all started for Angelo Cataldi. And it, it's, just, it, it's just an unbelievable book. And I want to tell you a personal story right now, just to get it out of the way quick. I went to Roman Catholic High School And every day I would take the L and put my headphones on and listen to the morning show. And it it just made life so much better in high school. Like that stupid commute all the way to Broad and Vine was just so much better because I had you guys on the radio and it just, it got me through high school. It really did. And I've always wanted to like, tell you that, like, and I'm happy I have the opportunity to do that here. So just.
1: Well, the book, that's what the book has done. It's given me a chance to be one-on-one with a lot of the people that listen and that we had an impact on. And um, that's one, That's probably the biggest reason, the most re- rewarding thing about the book. And I'm prepared right here, Seamus, to break a story on your podcast. Because I, I literally got this information like 20 minutes ago. Uh, I, I did record an audio book for the book and uh, that was, it was not released when the book was released but I was just informed that it will be available on Amazon and other places where you could get audiobooks on March twelfth. So I oh it I'm, mine's the thirteenth. That's great. But anyway, it will be available. And one of the things that I learned on the tour, guys, is that lots and lots of the people that listen to our show do not ever read books. So this is a way to avoid reading the book because I'm just reading the book to you, and it was uh, it was great.
0: Such an iconic voice too. I mean, I, I kind of need that. But it's funny you say that, and that's breaking news. And we love it. And we thank you for sharing that with us. Um, it, it's funny when I was reading the book because I was actually reading the book. Uh, i I just I just read every single word in your voice. It was ju- it was just <laughs> like you speaking to me. So this is going to be an even better experience. Yeah I, I okay. love when I
2: love when authors do audiobooks uh for their own book. It's so much better than like, you know, that generic uh computer
0: voice reading it to you. Absolutely. But uh Angelo, um we're all, you know, we've been doing this podcast for god, like a long time now. Like 4 years. And yeah, about well, no, little longer, no longer than, nah, than like that. 5 years. No longer than that. But uh I was wondering, um Like, do you have any advice for people in the like sports that may be interested in sports radio or may be interested in doing like sports podcasts or media creation uh, of any kind? Like, do you have any advice?
1: Yes, I have one piece of advice that is the most important piece of advice I could ever give to anyone who's in the sports commentary business. Offer your opinions, make them strong, make them entertaining. And don't be tainted by the pressures around you that will try to get you to suppress that opinion. In radio, it's the business relationship. We were the flagship station for the Eagles and the Phillies. They would assert pressure to us for us to not be so critical. The players, so many people that are in sports broadcasting, are in it because they couldn't, they weren't an athlete. They weren't good enough to become a professional athlete. Don't befriend these people. Don't trade in your opinion. The most important thing you have in a podcast or on the radio or offering sports commentary is your unfettered opinion about what you're seeing. Don't trade that away for access to an athlete or because of pressure from somebody, give that honest opinion and keep it pristine. I did it for 33 years. I learned early on when I went to Columbia, don't, if you're going to do this, hold the people in power accountable. And that means if somebody screwed up and it doesn't matter if it's Jalen Hurts or the 53rd guy on the roster, rip them. Give them Give your honest opinion and don't be afraid to express it powerfully. So many people, you have no idea how many, 90% or more of the people that I dealt with in radio traded that opinion in for access or, or because they were afraid of reaction or because the PR department of, of, of the Eagles called up their bosses and told them back him off don't do it. That's what will make you last if you have a strong opinion and know how to present it in an entertaining way.
0: That's awesome advice. And one of the things that really resonated after reading your book was that, and it's basically what you just said, you're not in a let's say sports journalism which is what you started off like in the sports journalism world you're not there to be their friend you're there to hold them accountable and not to give too much of the book away because i want everyone else to go out there and buy it and read it and all that good stuff but that really resonated with me do not befriend a professional athlete a coach a manager a front office person um you know and and just hold them accountable and i thought that really hit home with me so
1: you know why that is Uh, because they're not they don't want to be your friend. Right. These guys that I covered in locker rooms before I went into radio, if, if they would you know, give me a nice answer to a question and act friendly toward me, I would have to be stupid to think they're about <laughs> to invite me over for Sunday dinner. Right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. They are working me. Jones, who I work with, now he's the president of Flyers, used to use a term he said, I mold them. They come in and, and I give them a smile and a couple of funny answers. And Pretty soon they think they're my friend and they won't say anything negative about it. Wow. And he taught me about it. He sh- at the athlete's point of view was, I'll work these guys until they're putty in my hand. Wow. And you know what? Most of the time it works. That's unbelievable. Works. Don't let it work. They don't care about you. You should not care about them.
0: And that's, um, that's unbelievable advice right there. But uh, Vince, if you wanted to, yeah, I feel like kind of to add on to that whole
2: question, you know, a little bit of current events. Like I was just wondering what your opinion might be on like kind of what's going on right now at WIP between, you know, AJ Brown calling in and there's a lot of controversy around that whole topic and it kind of goes with what you were just saying about, you know, make sure you give your unfettered uh, opinion no matter what. So I feel like that's a big question in the city right now about just how you feel about that. Like what's your opinion?
1: I'll I'll illustrate to you a point. You're not supposed to, when you leave a place that you work with 33 years, say anything that's not construed as positive. And I wish them nothing but the best. But it's a kinder, gentler WIP than it was when I was there. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe I was grandfathered. Maybe I was there so long that I could get away with ripping into the – what the Eagles did at the end of the season. I lost six out of seven. (laughs) I would have – I would have been on attack mode. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wanted you
0: on the air so bad.
1: Two months. Do you understand? Two months I would have been on attack mode. <laughs> but when they basically stripped all power away from Sirianni, but kept the puppet in place, mm. right? They would, I would have skewered them on that. <laughs> and look, I don't listen that much, but I know the people that work there, they talk to me all the time. Nobody's going after them that way anymore. And it's, it's and a lot of people will say to me, and they're probably right, you're a dinosaur. They don't do it that way anymore. It's a different world now. If people are going to get killed like that, they'll get it on social media. They won't get it directly the way I, they did when I did it. I would right. still do it that way. I think it still resonates with the fans. Of course. So, so
2: in your opinion, do you appreciate uh, someone like AJ Brown, like hearing um, the, oh, yeah. the stuff that's being talked about and uh, kind of facing the music and calling in to kind of talk it
1: over? Here's what I would say about A.J. Brown, all right? A.J. Brown was bitching and moaning the last two months of the season. (laughs) He had every right to. He was the best receiver on the field, and they were ignoring him for long periods of time. You know what happened with Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl? No. Travis Kelsey should not have assaulted Andy (laughs) Reid. He had every right he was right. Yeah. These guys are great players. If you're not using them all the time, I mean, minimum 10 targets a game for A.J. Brown, you're not it's, – it's malpractice. The offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson, was awful yeah. at his job. Horrible. A.J. Brown has every right to bitch. When you go to the extremes the Eagles get to get a receiver that great – a receiver as good as any they've ever had. Use him every game, all the time. I totally Use agree. Him. And if he's double-covered, throw it to him anyway, because I've watched him steal the ball away time after time. And maybe, Don't you, give you me used... this crap that while well, he was double-covered, we didn't have any way to get the ball to him. Yes, you did. Yeah. That's a great player. Use him.
3: And maybe throw it over the middle to him every once in a while. He's got some great you know, yards after catch. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: <player. laughs> Lance over the middle. Yeah, he'll drop a couple, but you know what? Most of the time, he'll get you the first down. Who else is going to do that? You want to give the ball there all those other turns they were employing after the top two guys. Do you see the other guys? Did you trust any of them to make a play? No. Throw the ball to Brown. Agreed.
0: I uh, Yeah, totally agree. Uh, another, thing, another thing we wanted to bring up uh, real quick is, you know, we have a personal relationship with, uh, with Wing Bowl. We, we really do. And we wanted, on behalf of all the good times we had, we wanted to say thank you, Angelo Cataldi, for providing the, those unbelievable experiences for us. It, it, I mean, that was the most epic times of my life were the <laughs> well, Wing Bulls. I can't
1: lie to you. Right. I wrote a whole chapter on Wing Bowl in the book, and it was probably the most fun chapter I had recalling <laughs> all that happened from... It's very beginning to, uh, to its untimely demise uh, because of political correctness. Yep, But um, it was in its day, guys. I can't tell you what a thrill it was. We would get there mm-hmm. like at 4.30, quarter of five, and then they would open the doors at five. And this whole arena <laughs> would fill And and for a long time, they weren't even paying. It was free. You just open the gates, and they would come in. That's awesome. And you would just look around, and you would go, "Oh my god, a a show must be doing well. Look at all these people!" Right. And yeah, a lot of it was because the girls weren't wearing much clothes, and a lot of it were guys that that were, you know, the processions into the arena and all the stuff we did (laughs) in its day. And I acknowledge its day is past, but in its day.
3: It was a hell of an event. Oh, it was unbelievable. I just it was a one great of my event. one of my memories and, and, from it was uh, definitely like I, I went with uh, a bunch of guys in college, and um, half of them like passed out, and all of a sudden, like Coolio just came out of nowhere and started playing <laughs> oh, "Gangsta Paradise," and we were like, "What the fuck?" When we didn't even know Coolio was gonna be here, what the fuck? <laughs> that was right. unbelievable.
1: Well, you know what happened with Coolio? Coolio was not a coachable guy. Uh, our, our program <laughs> was Spike Eskin. And when they signed Coolio to come in and play during the breaks, Spike Eskin went to Coolio. He said, Listen, Coolio, nobody wants to hear your new music. You haven't had a hit in 15 years. All right? Just play the hits. Mm-hmm. So he comes out. They introduce him. We just go to a break. And they go, And now here's Coolio. Coolio goes, We're going to start with a, an old one. And, <laughs> and, and then he plays the old one. And then he goes, now we're going to play you some new stuff. And, and Spike, like, has a stroke. <laughs> no, there's no new stuff. We're not doing the new stuff. And, uh, but we had, that's the thing. It was so many stories uh, around those events and how crazy they were because we didn't know how to run an event. We were a radio shop. Of course. Once a year, we had to. But and you know whatever happened happened. We were lucky that no one got you know and died. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but
1: I mean Honestly,
0: that that we was lucky. that was an unbelievable unbelievable time. That that was an unbelievable time every year. Uh one more thing before I let you go. And I know you have a Gabe Kapler story that I've heard you tell. Uh uh recently uh on your vacation if I'm if I'm correct. Do you mind right. and and we all know that you are not the biggest fan of Gabe Kapler. You two never saw I die, and that I was respond. the the best radio I've heard uh, like ever. Was you just grilling Gabe Kapler week <laughs> after week with with facts? I mean, you're hitting this guy with facts and calling him out on his stupidity. And right. and this guy, I mean, it was radio gold. But can you tell that story real quick?
1: Yeah, and the whole thing, I wrote this chapter out, people I will hate for the rest of my life, <laughs> right? And, and, and they, uh, I realized when I was writing it that they all had something in common. They were all liars. They all didn't have enough respect for the fans to tell the truth. So Kapler, uh, we got into this fight because Kapler thought we weren't watching the game the night before when... <laughs> Gene Segura did not run hard down at first. They trapped uh, Andrew um, McCutcheon between first and second. And they ended up, he ended up blowing out his leg. And they lost him for the season. And uh, Kapler comes out and I go to Kapler, uh, you know, what do you do when a player doesn't hustle? It? And he goes, I, I resent your question. And I, pl- I literally, in the in the book, gave the exact transcription of the comments between the two of us. So I, I And understand, all right? I hated the guy. I still hate the guy. I will always. I carry the grudge to my grave. It doesn't. Bother. I'm not trying to make friends. You got to respect I that. I didn't care. So uh, now he's gone. He leaves. He goes to San Francisco. He has one great year, and he's been there for four years, but he's not doing well. And I'm I'm taking a trip with my wife to wine country. We're going to nap, and this guy up there is having fun. Because God, God set this up. No one could. <laughs> we, land in, we land in San Francisco. And the GPS takes us by, right by the Giants ballpark. We're right in front of the ballpark. And my wife is sitting there. And I go to her and I go, see that right there? This was the final weekend of the regular season. And I pointed to the stadium and said, that's where that jackass Gabe Kapler works now. And she goes and she goes to me, you're pathetic. You're this great. I mean, the guy's been gone for 4 years. Leave it alone. We get to the hotel. I put on the TV. Gabe Kapler was fired.
0: Unbelievable.
1: And I now believe. I love to believe. That Kapler was being fired as I drove by the stadium. Oh, yes. <laughs> The officers looked right down on the street, and they said, Gabe, we got to let you go. He looked out the window, and there's my smiling face. That's (laughs) That's
2: destiny. That was meant to happen. That was
0: absolutely... meant to angela that is the greatest thing ever but thank you so much for for joining us yeah thank you so much i, thank you, I appreciate you breaking some news on the from the news podcast that's really really cool can you can you tell the people like where they can buy buy your books and like
1: yes in fact my website is set up for it if you would like me to actually autograph it just go to angelo you get it there every week. I write something in the blog. This week, I, I wrote something about Andy Reid hating everyone. Uh, and, um, and you can order the book there. I will autograph it however you want. Uh, and soon you will be able to order both there and on Amazon the audio book out on March 12th. And you guys are the first ones I'm telling that. And I'm very excited for it because there's so many people that listen to our show who either can't or don't read. And in this case, they won't have to. But guys, it was a pleasure being out with you guys. Good luck with this. It sounds like you have a lot of fun here. Remember what I said. Just give your honest opinion and don't let anybody stop you.
0: Angelo Cataldi. there Thank, he is. You, thank, you, so thank you so much. Thank you, it was a thrill. Take care. Angelo Cataldi. How about it? How about that? We really made it, didn't we? We made it. <laughs> this is like the pinnacle of From the Noseweeds. I don't think you can get much higher.
3: How erect are you right now?
0: Um, <laughs> it, it, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, w- Rector
2: would have
3: called him a
0: jackass by now. No, yeah. Like, I'll be
3: honest,
2: Seamus. Like I can only imagine how you're feeling because you're like much more the radio guy on this podcast. And like even for me, like you hear that you hear his voice on the radio so often. It's kind of like almost surreal talking to him. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Like that voice. A- answering questions that I'm asked because, like, I was never like a calling <laughs> yeah. guy to the radio, so like, actually interacting and talking to like that person is kind of like surreal. It was cool. I was very nervous.
0: Absolutely. I, I like my, I, I froze up. I could tell.
2: Yeah, I froze I can tell up. You were
0: nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I froze up. What are you gonna do? It's my first interview. I'll Somebody look back on this. Underwear. I'll look back on this, and it will all seem funny. Sheamus freezes up in front of two types of people, and they are beautiful women and radio Ooh, hosts. Not strippers though. Lately,
3: though, not strippers. Not strippers. I, lately, I, I have not been gone.
0: freezing up with. Um, you stepping your game up? Huh? The, yeah, it's it's getting bad. Well, you also I it, think getting worse than, the than the strippers. Was. Yeah. No, I mean getting bad in a good way. Oh, okay. like I'm, I'm like, like Michael, Michael Jackson. Bad. No, like, yeah, I'm like, I feel more, co- I'd like, the last month, I felt I'm more bad. confident, like, than ever. I'm happy for you. That's all I want for the world. And it's boys. working.
3: It's all because Angela was coming on the show, yeah, too.
0: That, I mean, yeah, that's true. I put
3: some pep in your step.
0: Yeah. I mean, just last night, well, I'm not going to get into it.
2: <laughs> well, hold on. Get into what?
0: Uh, last night, there was a thing that happened, and, you know, it was good, you know. <laughs> And You're going to have to expand it, it had that. directly, It had something directly to do with my confidence. Oh, um, I thought you were going to say your confidence. Drake's penis. <laughs> 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 that was Angelo Cataldi. Angelo, you got to stop using language oh, like that. Oh, that tra- I forgot that drop existed. This is a kid show. Yeah, this show is for the kids. Um, <laughs> wait, <laughs> but, no, but, but, but let, me, let me get back. Sorry let me get, sorry. let me get back to what I was saying about freezing up in front of Angelo Cataldi. all right? <laughs> I'm going to break it down for you. This is like, you know, like religious people have the pope um <laughs> holy shit. you know um, uh the, the the british people had the queen and they they're not going <laughs> to have yeah, the king a King for much longer um box. but anyway like people have their people that they like kind of like are, worship that they, they worship All right, yeah, let's, just let's, just don't, don't dance around it say it yeah that they worship and angelo is one of those people and he said my name like that's like all right. That's like if um, you're a <laughs> Londoner, right? And you're like really patriotic about and you love the and you're a sympathizer for the, for those freaks in the, in the castle that don't <laughs> do shit, uh, but steal people's money. And like the queen. Let, let's just go back in time before she perished. The queen is, like, giving a state address to the people of England, you know, about, like, climate change or some shit. And she's like... Yeah, she gave a fuck argue, about that. We are worried about the... Arc, or whatever. British accent. I don't know how to do a British yeah, what accent. what the fuck was that accent? And they say that person, like, a random person sitting at their house, they say the, in the name. I mean, that would make me very anxious. And so... All this to say. Yeah, Angelo Cataldi made me nervous. I mean, but, he, he was sports but radio. But I powered through
2: it. He was sports radio in this town for a long, long, long I time. I
0: powered through it, all right? And I tried my best. Okay? You did great. I see, hear you. See, it's easy talk. it's easy talking to like Tom McCarthy because it's Tom McCarthy, okay? Like not for nothing, he's a he's a <laughs> what great what, what? he's a great broadcaster. I love him. He's the voice of the Phillies. Um, you know, all that. But it's not Angelo Cataldi. Angelo Cataldi is a cultural... I- he created Wing Bowl. Like, he's a cultural icon. Yeah, he did. So excuse me for shitting my pants. No
2: one no one was saying you were wrong for that,
0: except for you. You seem to have internalized that anger. <laughs> there goes my confidence. Yeah, it's, it's all gone I'm not going to get laid for another six years now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's well, funny uh, to me, too. <laughs> uh, I guess, like,
2: we, we can translate <laughs> that anger into another topic, because I want to talk a little Sixers. But first, we should Why? mention... First, we should mention shout out to me and you, our me and Seamus' uh, alma mater, Roman Catholic, yeah. for for winning uh, the PCL title back to back. It was a fucking insane game.
0: I am genuinely happy for the Cahillites. Uh, I don't know yeah, one my, person on the roster. Well, my
2: <laughs> I was real like I'm excited because it's our alma mater, but like my brother goes there, so I just wanted him to have that moment because like I remember yeah. not to get like you cor- your first not chip. to get corny and cheesy, but like some of the best memories I made in high school <laughs> were at the Palestra, like just. <laughs> Like genuinely I'll be thinking about those moments for the rest of my <laughs> life, and like it's kinda like cool to be removed from that and see my younger brother there and know like dude, cool. you're in the moment like right now that you're gonna Very be cool. thinking about like 10 And I'll years never from forget
0: now. when that traitor Gaetano Sabelli Gaetano, I love you, buddy, but you were a traitor for this. He's from South Philly, so like Newman. I you don't know, know who all this that, is. His his name's Gaetano Sabelli. I went to school with him. He oh. went to Rome. You could have mentioned that. Okay, whatever. He. blood. It was implied. Sure. Okay. So I mean this is a big game. I I don't know if it was the championship game, but it was a big game. I'm pretty sure it was. If it was at the palestra, it's it was at the palestra. It was Roman versus Newman. So this snake oil salesman (laughs) drifts like a little slithering motherfucker from our student section to the fucking Newman student section, sits up front, takes his Roman shirt off. And he went to Roman? What a scumbag move that was. He went to Roman? Yes, and he probably could have me killed. That's odd. Considering his name's <laughs> Gaetano um, But, oh, yeah. you
2: motherfucker
3: <laughs> yeah, He is that, a motherfucker. Well, that's odd, but... Uh, I love you, Gaetano. Dude, man. I mean,
2: like... <laughs> So I wanted, to, kill me. I wanted to go to the game, but I had work, so instead I opted to uh, just buy the stream, which, by the way, first of all... Wait, this, whoa, whoa. you paid to watch high school basketball. I really wanted to... I'm it's glad I like, did. That ending was electric. How much money
0: did you put on this game?
2: I didn't put any money on it, but right. I wanted to say, I think it's the site that was hosting the stream charged $20 to buy the stream, which is the same price of the tickets. Listen. That's insane. I would never pay to watch
0: any basketball well, game. I'm glad I did. <laughs> me, me, and my mom, me and my mom watched the game. That? I did subscribe to the NBA <laughs> app once.
2: <laughs> me, me and my mom watched the game, and dude, like, the ending of that game was wild. Buzzer beater, right? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. The kid on kid on Ryan hits the, the. Ryan was down down two. Mm-hmm. Kid on Ryan hits a three with four like five seconds left, and it's a running clock in high school. Which there's a there's a couple rules in high school that are, are terrible. They need No, no shot clock. Uh, that, the, when you make a shot late in the game, the clock keeps moving. I, I think that's only... Is that only a rule in high score? Is that a rule? That's not a rule in... It's not a rule. Yeah, I was going to say, okay. So, kid on Ryan nails a three in the corner with like five seconds left. Roman Harry's on the court, and this is the coolest part. Uh, the kid's name is Cabe Goss, I believe. He's a senior at Roman. He's only 5'7". Hits a shot in the face of the tallest player in the PCL. A 6'10 kid from Ryan. I can't remember his name. but He, was, he was also great. But, like, it was kind of cool because I heard, you know, through the broadcast that the kid on Roman that hit that shot uh, overcame two knee injuries in the last calendar year. Wow. So, like, that's awesome. Uh, also, ballsiest call of all time by Roman's coach, Chris McNesby. Did not call a timeout. And that's, he's funny enough, in the post game interview, he said that he didn't call a timeout because he didn't have any good plays to drop. Wow. So he just tried. <laughs> his, he he literally said that, so he just kind of trusted his guys, and that's one of those calls where if it doesn't work out, you are the biggest idiot in the world. And it did work out, so he's a genius.
0: He would have been ended. He would have been fired from here, and he wouldn't end up coaching Dude, the, the Lakers. But like, I'm just,
2: <laughs> I'm just happy that like this got on like Sports Center and shit. Like, the country needs to understand how fucking awesome PCL basketball at the Plestria is because it's genuinely. I've been to plenty Sixers games. I've been to Sixers playoff games. Nothing compares to the Palestra, the, the PCL final or the PCL semifinal games.
0: The only thing that compares to the Palestra, and I agree, is uh, Red October. Oh well, I'm talking, talking about. I was ta- talking basketball. I'm talking about baseball, especially <laughs> except okay. for in Game Six <laughs> and Game Seven of the NLCS, which I'm still pissed off
2: at yeah.
3: Philadelphia for that. Sure. Well, well like, they shouldn't have made the game at like fucking three o'clock. Uh, Next we, time,
0: show up. <laughs>
3: we are <laughs> gonna, right?
2: we are going to talk primarily Phillies, but like. What since about the? Uh, I wanted to transition real quick from basketball to basketball and just quickly touch okay. on the Sixers because there's not really much to talk about except for the fact that a they might be cooked. Um are Tobias Harris, the to, worst. So we've talked we've talked a lot on this podcast. Tobias Harris has been public enemy number two of this podcast. He's we're at the Mary's point. Oskins.
0: He's at the point. Where, yeah yes. Uh, He's, Doc Doc was Doc a rubber 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 yeah. okay. he was no he's, in, he's on
2: the Mount Rushmore <laughs> of the, this villains of this podcast.
0: Here's what here's what has to happen with Tobias Harris. First of all, he's got to come off the bench because like he's not Dude, providing anything as a starter. Yeah, Second I, of all, Matt Cord, if he actually loves the Sixers, needs to start saying. Tobias Harris when he scores. <laughs> what did what doesn't make any
2: sense to me? He like, does
0: not deserve a Tobias Harris. In, Harris. Y- in years
2: past, it was like, oh, you can't put him on the bench because like I don't know his contract, but like you're in the last year now. It doesn't bench matter. him. It doesn't matter at this way. It's Dude, already Clay embarrassing.
3: Thompson's, Clay Thompson's yeah. coming off the bench, Golden State, and he's actually popping off. It's I,
0: already embarrassing for the organization and the general manager that the guy wasn't traded by now. Who cares? Bring I fit, him off the bench. I, I actually make you think, think were Tobias
2: would be a good bench player too. Is the craziest part of it. I mean, it's because it, it literally is because of his contract that he has these expectations yeah. on himself. But yeah. like, dude, he's getting outplayed by Ricky Council, who's getting paid five hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Like, that's that's he's unreal. So fucking cool, Tobi- man. like Tobias. <laughs> he's cool. Tobias. Like, won't shoot, and when he does, it's just not. It's not good, and I I saw a funny tweet today that, you know, Tobias after the game said something like, it's just been a rough stretch for me from three as a player, and someone was like, yeah, it's just been a 13-year rough stretch. He'll bounce back soon. Like He
3: did have a couple games in his career
0: where he played well.
3: Absolutely. He's never broken 40 points once in his career. Tobias Harris when he was on the Clippers was pretty good.
0: Or came (laughs) pretty close to doing that. No, he did, I believe. Uh, yeah, uh, dude, it's
2: just—it's ridiculous how bad he is, and the Sixers as a whole. Like, I respect bad that meaning h-
0: like he's attractive or like no, like, he's oh, he he's bad. Yeah, we gotta no. we gotta specify
3: uh. which bad we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, now, not bad like with a T. I guess uh, he's got a Brooklyn accent terrible.
0: that's kind of sexy. Okay, yeah.
2: okay anyway, he's really fucking <laughs> bad. What the fuck were those uh, eyes? But like the Sixers, <laughs> so their uh, reports came out. I'm today. not a gay man, but if I was. <laughs> Reports came out today that they're, they they think Joel could be back by late March, mm-hmm. uh, which. You Embiid?
0: Know, it'll be. Joel Embiid? What other Joel would I be talking about? <laughs> Billy Joel. No,
2: sorry, Joel from <laughs> The Walking Dead. Um, no, anyway, Joel, they're hoping he's back by late March, which, you know, we'll see how this team treads water in the meantime, because they look really bad. Like Tyrese Maxey, as great as he is, like we all love him and we think he's great, he's not a number one yet. Like if he ever even will be like, we don't know, but he just, he's doing all he can. And like, honestly, he is, if you, off. if you want to take some like minor wins away from what's been happening, like Tyrese Maxey has looked considerably better in the matchup against the Celtics, which was a big, like, mm-hmm. he was very bad against the Celtics another uh, minor prior
0: and Bede hasn't like torn an ACL in the rehab process.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's a win. Also like another thing about Joel with being hurt, uh, you know, he got, he gets discredited a lot by fans around the league and all that kind of shit. The Sixers' defense went from a top-three defense to a bottom-three defense Mm -hmm. in his absence. Uh, So... And also, I saw I saw something today. You know, this isn't like anything groundbreaking, but like the top two defensive player of the year candidates right now are Victor Wembanyama and Rudy Gobert. And in the games, Joel Embiid has played against those guys. He's averaging over 61 <laughs> points a game. Oh my God! <laughs> so that's that, kind of crazy.
1: It really Is that does.
2: Good? It, uh, it's somewhat good. It, okay. It really does suck that he had to get hurt because this was such a legendary season. Like that was that could have came to an end like in a great way with an MVP and everything but also <laughs> though
3: whatever i will take him getting this yes. injury out of the way now if he comes back healthy Coming back if coming back, couple games playing the regular season, get your fucking feet back under you, shake off the rust, and then go right in the playoffs. Yeah, strong. I
2: agree because like I actually like as you know, we're shitting on the team right now. I don't hate the roster that they have. No, but, mean, but when like Joel's there. Like Joel has to be there. I'm I'm genuinely very excited to see Joel Embiid play basketball with Buddy Healed. Mm-hmm. I think Buddy Heald is the
0: perfect type of player Kyle to play Lowry. with Joel. Kyle Lowry as oh well. God, one cool. if I did have to critique Buddy you know Heald, from Philly. Interesting
2: if I did have to critique Buddy Hill just a little bit I wish he this is going to sound stupid but I wish he had more of a, a, a reckless quick trigger shooting wise I feel like the Sixers need one of those guys that just the minute he sees open space he's firing a three That's like what JJ I feel Redick was. I mean they're exactly. trying to use him like, like JJ, Buddy yes. Buddy has a quick trigger comparatively to the guys that we've had and do have now but he still hesitates just a little bit and I wish that he, I just want him to let it fly dude
3: low-key campaigns just lets it fly. Yeah, I respect <laughs> with that his getting. fucking wonky ass three point shot. Yeah, that somehow ugly works. shot. So but I mean, he just fucking sends it. Like he'll he'll come up the floor and just fucking throw one at the fucking rim for no reason. So and this like, is all. Well, I'll
0: take it. This is all really fun. Like breaking down like the minor positives of the Sixers. But if we go back to reality, you know, Buddy Heald, whatever, dude. I mean, he's not a groundbreaking player. Well, the reality of the situation is this franchise is absolutely cooked. Well, the thing so is, if anybody thinks that this team has a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, even well, with a healthy Joel Embiid. See, that's right. I disagree. No, you, it's not happening. I completely disagree with you on that one point. The Celtics and, are better than them. The Bucks, although they have Doc Rivers, are better than so them. So I think. Even with Joel Embiid. I, th- I disagree. They have a better roster. Well. The Celtics, they yes. both have a better. The Celtics, roster.
2: yes, but the Bucs, I genuinely think the Sixers would. With again, we have to assume that we're getting a healthy Joel because th- this conversation starts and ends with a healthy Joel Embiid.
0: Because if he's not, then this team is cooked. But if he is, you got to think though, he's they, like the best player in the NBA. If they play their way out of the out of the race in general, I mean, which is, I mean, probably not going to happen. But if they play their way out to like a seven, eight, nine seed, Well, if they're in the play-in, that's going to be tough. I mean, like. What's the point in even bringing him well, back? Hold on, hold on. Uh, but
2: I mean, like, there's like a 90% chance we beat whoever we play in the play-in with a healthy Joel. I agree the with that. The only team that I fear even a little bit, I guess, is Chicago, because they've looked, like, better. Yeah. No, again, I don't really... F- I'm, saying, <laughs> I'm, like, a, I'm saying, like, 5%. Like, there's a 95% chance we're beating whoever we play in that game with a with a healthy and The second
0: round's going to be the issue.
2: Again. At, well, it's, yeah, it's always been. So, I mean, we'll have to see, but, like... If we get a healthy Joel Embiid back, I'm not saying the Sixers win the NBA Finals or anything, but like, I really do like. It'll what be we disappointing. Have. Like, I like our coach. I like the rock. Well, Seamus, you have to. We, we all have low expectations of this team anyway. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm thinking? Like, Joel's gonna come back and he's just gonna fucking re-aggravate something. That or, that team or is some just
0: tragic accident.
2: But will I'm happen. almost sick. Kelly
3: Oubre is gonna get hit by a car fully this time. I'm almost <laughs> sick
0: of the Joel Embiid experience as a whole. Just Welcome with to the, the club, with man. The, with the baggage that this guy brings, man,
3: he's only been watching the team for like two years. It's, it's just,
0: <laughs> it's annoying. Like uh,
3: it's he's like, the unluckiest player, maybe <laughs> like, in the league. If of all I time.
0: didn't start watching the season and if I wasn't like plugged into what's going on in like sports, and I just like didn't pay attention up until now, and I see what's going on with the Sixers, and I see that Joel Embiid's hurt, I'm like, oh, so it's like a normal year. The yeah. the the roster changes around Joel Embiid. But the one thing that remains the same is is low expectation Like, not coming up big in the clutch. I mean... And also, either that or I'm injured. He's just unlucky, man. Like, like some he's of, a dominant like, regular season player.
2: Like, don't get me wrong. A lot, a lot of these injuries are injuries like he suffered this year. But, like, you gotta remember, you gotta throw in those years where he's suffering injuries like getting his elbow to f- the
0: face by Pascal Siakam. Look, I think his broken foot before he fucking even played a game in the NBA. I mean, how do we know that that's not still bothering him? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, this guy is made out of glass. So, basically... And and, and it's like, not his fault. I know we want to talk about the Phillies. So to kind of like... Put but a, get me another... Get me a different superstar in here. I mean, I'm, at well, this like, point.
2: Like I said, like, this conversation with the Sixers He'll begins get and ends with Joel because <laughs> if he... Yeah, okay. Um, if, if he isn't healthy, like... It, it's it, it about doesn't, damn time. <laughs> if he isn't healthy, it means it means nothing because his team is cooked. If he's healthy, I give the Sixers a a good chance against anyone in the East because fully healthy, the Sixers have beaten the Celtics this year. And the Bucks now employ Doc Rivers, which by the way, before we get off the basketball, they beat us. Can we talk can we just talk about Doc Rivers for one minute? Dude, maybe the goat of lying. Dude the, the past the 2
3: weeks has been the the funniest fucking I haven't things been I've paying seen. Attention. Dude, he's a content Go, machine. The things he says. Insane. I haven't been paying attention. So he comes out and he's like when the Bucks when the Bucks hired me, I was like, "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> like, what? why are you firing Adrian Griffin and hiring me? <laughs> But he said like he you said, shouldn't I, be doing He this. said I he's wouldn't wish
2: this job on my worst enemy <laughs> <laughs> as he stabbed <laughs> Adrian Griffin in the back
0: to take his job. <laughs> also like as he's doing that but like also dude like you're coaching a basketball team. Like,
3: <laughs> like what are I, but, you talking but about? But the funniest part is like literally that quote I was just talking about was from like last week. That's crazy. Like he was on somebody's podcast before a game or something and they were interviewing him and he was just like, "Yeah, no, I I looked at the ownership and I was like, why are you doing this? Dude, why are you hiring me?" These people <laughs> <laughs> writers that cover
0: the bucks must be like salivating because a- oh, like, okay. there's a He's story a at scene. every turn also
2: since we're talking about doc rivers it's worth yeah. mentioning isaiah joe, currently has the hi- yeah. isaiah joe currently is the highest plus minus by a player off the bench this season um fuck fuck you doc man seriously yeah. like and the funniest part is like this is not revisionist history at least our group chat and i'm assuming most people in philadelphia we all were in on isaiah joe yeah because those glimpses when he would get in the game you saw that he was that type of like great bench player or great shooter that we needed, and we but all Doc know Philadelphia
0: R- loves media. But Doc Rivers bench players.
2: just refused to play young guys, and he's even doing that on my, on the Bucks now. Like, so <laughs> I, I I really think that like we'll beat them. And but to give a little, I guess, respect to the Bucs, I will say this because I was thinking this the other day: Is Brook Lopez the most underrated NBA player like of the last five years? I would. I go- think he might be. Honestly,
3: know. yeah, because he was more key than people think to that people, championship run.
2: Also, like, it's always, you know, when you talk about the top centers, people are always like, oh, Joel and Jokic, and sometimes they throw in Gobert for his defense, but, like, no one ever puts in Brook Lopez, and Brook Lopez is genuinely a very, very good player. He's a well, it's solid player. It's
3: because he's getting overshadowed by the guy yeah. on his team. and he's not, like, like flashy. He yeah, he basically does all the dirty work that Giannis doesn't do. Like, he yeah. is... And he's a great shooter. Both, yeah, obviously they're both very good on defense, but, like when Giannis isn't there to clean up a board or when Giannis isn't there to block a shot, Bro- Brooke Lopez is the one fucking holding anchoring that defense half the time. So it's like him and um, uh, honestly Chris Middleton too was pretty underrated in that the K. run. Uh, he kind of fucking sucks now. But like... Giannis kind of overshadows everybody there because let's be honest, he is one of the best players in the NBA, if not the world. I'm just um, rooting
0: on Glenn River's
3: downfall. Well, yeah. It's gonna like, you don't have to root on that. He no, will bring I it upon it himself. I just hope it happens like
0: against us if we're in that position. That would be See, the greatest thing. Ever. I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna quote, you know, Mike Levin from the Ricky because he was talking about how if the Sixers wind up in a second round matchup against the Bucs and lose I'm locking myself in a dark room for a month, and I, I'm not dude, coming out. Dude, I up. think
0: at that point, you have to, like, sell the team.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know how you could ever convince me to watch this team again until uh,
0: until they until they do another process. Listen, look, I don't have season tickets for the Sixers, but I will continue to not have season tickets <laughs> to the Sixers if that happens. So, yeah, that would be terrible. But uh, speaking of teams... That, I wonder how, like, oh, our buddy Dan would, like, you know, convince himself into, like, that Dan not Mcgunkin. being a bad thing. You know how like there's like these weird Sixers like sycophants that just no, like the organization at no, every turn that they I, get?
2: I feel like uh that would be the breaking point for most. Yeah. Losing to Doc Rivers in the second round.
0: Also sort of related, it's kinda weird that short people enjoy watching basketball. <laughs> but whatever.
2: Okay. Anyway. It's funny to short. me too. <laughs> um anyway, th- yeah. That we'll dig into that another time.
0: Okay. Uh the Phillies are back. Just like I'm gonna dig into some food after this. <laughs> Yes, the Phillies are back. (laughs) Okay, um, and Scott Kingery.
3: More that importantly, went back. in a
0: totally different direction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's where I so thought. I totally uh, was good. thinking about making it sexual. <laughs> of course, you are. yeah no.
2: uh, Scott Kingery, very back. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. I'm I, kidding. I, I mean, it's I'm spring kidding. training. Scott Kingery. He's <laughs> Scott a great, always back. Very He's <laughs> really <laughs> good at hitting minor league pitching. Yep. I mean, yeah. and like very good. Like p- for example, like if we had like a so beer league, on Rojas. if I joined a beer league, I would want Scott Kingery on my team. <laughs> he would fucking be the best beer league player ever if he wanted to lie about his passport or his uh, fucking birth certificate, he could, like, I, I would take him on Roman Catholic High School's ba- uh, baseball team. He would be fucking great. But, like, the bottom line is, Scott Kingery fucking blows at the no, major league I level. I know, I
3: was trolling. I'm just glad we're finally done like actually paying him.
0: Yeah, and and another thing that annoys me about these Boehm stands is that, first of all, I well, think... I'm glad this shtick didn't die. I think Alec Boehm's a great player. I think he's fucking great. I don't think the Phillies would be a good a better team without alec boom i think he's a fundamental part of this core i just think that like people overvalue a a player like that like he's overvalued because first of all let's be honest he's pretty okay let's be Like so that's gonna help
3: yeah number two do you like him because he's tall
0: um like he's nice hair like said fuck you pretty much to us and then he was like yeah you got me and everyone was like oh what a hero which is weird he just admitted to okay, what he did. okay, but same as that,
2: isn't it soft that we are always like fuck you to players, and then they say fuck you back once, and he like kind of laughs
0: about it, and, and like, it's all it's, like, it's all part it's of the an, business. Like, come on, <laughs> stop being, uh, that, <laughs> no, makes, okay, that makes Savers you look is soft. Sweeping it under the. Uh, fucking I, I don't rug get immediately. paid. I don't get paid millions of dollars. But anyway, Alec <laughs> Boom hitting a home run in spring training is not indicative of anything that's going to happen in in the regular shit, season. Nobody said we, that. Oh, no, uh, people on Twitter shit, said it. What
2: you're talking about isn't as much of a bone problem. It's a it's a spring training problem because
0: people are so starved. Cave is Barry Bonds during the spring. Yeah, yeah, so wh- Wes Wilson <laughs> so what I'm is sa- like this unbelievable player. What I'm saying—that's another thing that people oh. are so stupid about. What is I'm, this s-
2: Wes Wilson. Character. That's my point. It's not about Alec Bohm. It's about people are star for baseball, and baseball comes back. You get a little taste with spring I training, know that, Vince. and people want to write stories about certain players. And it's like, well, let's let's calm down. Let's I get pump it. Breaks,
0: but like, but this was even like during the regular season last year when Wes Wilson, who's a 29 year old career minor leaguer. Like, he hits a home run on, you know, the first pitch of his fucking life in the big leagues. That's an awesome moment. Yeah, that's cool. Michael Lorenzen said, fuck you, (laughs) I'm going to outdo you Uh, and throw a no-hitter. I mean, (laughs) didn't
2: Ryan Howard not really come up until he was like 26, 27 years old?
0: Uh, yeah, something like that. But so, so like older players can, dude, he's gonna be thirty this season. Right. Like, uh, I'm not saying. Uh, <laughs> by no means am I
2: saying Wes Wilson is Ryan Howard. I'm simply saying that older. <laughs> I mean, that would be awesome. Older <laughs> players can like kind of break out. Yeah, not, they can. And I'm not saying. I'm not saying he will, but, but I'm not
0: saying he's a bad player either. But I think we have to like, as a fan base, take a step back, take a look at what the hell this guy's done in his minor league career for his entire what? life. And and just Hold like on. accept the fact that he may be a good utility. Let me player. ask you
2: a question Ye- for years, and this was mostly before the last couple of years when the Phillies really like got hot. Um, you used to say, you know, this city should care more about the Phillies. The Phillies should be at the forefront of people's minds. I think the fact that we have so many sickos that are focusing in on spring training should show you the Phillies now are on that level. The fact that we have so many sickos. Yes. Goes to show that the Phillies are
0: on the forefront of everyone's mind, and now. I love it. But so I can't have it both ways, right? Like I yeah, hate you took listen, the words right out of the my mouth. The sickos, the sickos like, come with the prominence. I know, and that's what I hate about this city, like in any <laughs> fan base. But like. The like I want people to talk about the Phillies every day. Like I want I want it to be like you know how WIP is with the Eagles. How it's like fucking May and we're talking about and AJ Brown's calling the fucking shit. Like what what's going on over there? But so it's Eagles all the time, which it is annoying, quite frankly. Like I don't want to listen to the Eagles like twenty four hours a day. Yeah. But I imagine want, being a Flyers fan. In but the I city. do want to listen to the Phillies twenty four hours a day. So I kind of like get it. But like the problem is when the Phillies are back, the um. The, the the fake fans, the front runners, th- annoy me the most because they're the loudest, and they're the majority. I'm pretty sure, which is sad. Yeah, but that that comes with being prominent. Dude, again people are like there were no Phillies
2: front runners in you know 2016. Do people think like Garrett Stubbs is like this fucking? Is they think he's Yogi Berra? Well, Seamus, he's the vibes man
0: because yeah, he, he, he drinks like CBO. beers. I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, I, and that goes back to the whole like us having weird relationships with fringe athletes. Like, I mean, people have Mike Scott Hive tattoos. Okay, I mean, like. I mean,
3: that was a sick time to be alive. It was I'm a sick time honest. to be alive, but that
0: it died very
2: Do fast. Do you know how much sway you have to have with the fan base of this city as a whole to go to an Eagles tailgate, beat up Eagles fans, and still be beloved by the city? It's, I
0: mean, absolutely beloved. Yeah. Uh,
2: shout out to him. He's the only guy that could probably get away with beating up Eagles fans. Wearing
0: commander's stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean And people, people are still like, fuck yeah, I love Mike Scott. Dude, I was listening to WI like WIP the other day and some guy literally name dropped Tomas Perez. I don't know if you know <laughs> who that is. You probably shouldn't know who it Off is. Off the top of my head, I don't. He was like on the 0-4 Phillies yeah. as like, the you know, oh, yeah, a utility don't. player. And this guy's literally, I think it was Bernie and Mayfair or some shit. Well, I, and he was like, yeah, I remember that one time Tomas Perez didn't run out. I was like, dude, <laughs>
2: what? Well, Seamus, when I think of the... How or, do you remember? When I think of the Phillies teams of my uh, my childhood, one name that always sticks out to me that for some reason I really loved was Greg Dobbs. And yeah. he, he is that guy. And he, Pat's
3: got a major connection Random, Random
2: nice. utility guy.
3: Yeah, yeah, he was awesome. He was the only one that signed my 08 pennant. Yeah, He met my mom and sister out in the parking lot of Carl's cards. And he was like, you know, thank you for letting me see your daughter because I haven't seen my daughter in months. Aww. Oh my god! And I, well, I just miss her. And she, apparently, the, um, my sister looked Was the like social his
0: services called on him or something? Or because he was like traveling? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, because he was traveling. Oh, okay. Another name it was, you like, think right of? after the season? Cr- Chris Coast. Chris Coast. Yes, definitely. But read his book as a I, kid. I do want to s- same. I do want to say one more thing about the reason why I despise Greg Dobbs, and it's because <laughs> oh god, the soul Saint, patch? Saint, And it's nothing to do with him. St. <laughs> Margaret's, my the grade school that I went to. Um, we used to do like Phillies nights at the ballpark and I remember one time uh, Greg Dobbs decides to launch a fucking (laughs) moonshot but it was like just foul or it wasn't just foul. I feel like I remember this. And this was before like replay so the umpires were standing there for like (laughs) I think it was like 25 minutes. I I, I honestly think I remember exactly what yeah, you're talking just about. Just for right them now. to say foul ball, and I was like, "Fuck you, Greg Dobbs." Like, what is this? It's not. But like, I.
2: That you have a m- bad ass- you have yeah. a bad memory associated
0: with yeah. the name Greg Dobbs. Like some like some people hate Osama bin Laden because like 911 <laughs> like they think that he did 9-11 and shit. It's like I get it. So like that's like. Basically, James bush. tapped into his father real quick there. Greg Dobbs is my Osama bin Laden. You know <laughs> that foul ball curving, hooking fa- that that home run hooking said foul straight was your to nine eleven. It said straight to the
3: North Tower, like
0: straight in that direction.
2: Oh
3: my god! And then it veered and hit Tower Seven. Yeah,
2: that. Yep. yep, yep. Forty six <laughs> minutes we made it without the not first nine eleven. I'm I'm honestly proud of you and us. So, so. we still have fourteen minutes left. Let's break down. Wait, what the firefighters were talking about oh. that day? How they heard boom, 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 boom. Something boom. worth talking about since we're talking about you know uh, Philly sports here is that we all we all love to drink and watch sports, right? Um, Xfinity Live yes. plans on expanding by, what did they say? 2025? 2025, well, to be fair, so it's a small area. Let me let me ask a question.
1: Any, does, does a
2: single <laughs> panel of this group chat Very believe large. that that will be done in that time? <laughs> Does anyone believe that? No. <laughs> no. no. Absolutely, absolutely not.
1: Like
3: fucking 2040. We're going to have like three generations behind. Dude, Actually, the world's just going to end. Dude, they start. They <laughs> we're st- not even going to. No, we're not even going to get it because the world's going to end. Dude, there has <laughs> been construction on Roosevelt Boulevard for the no, past ninety five years. Yeah, like 95. My
0: grandmother has lived and died with the same construction <laughs> going on on the goddamn boulevard. I mean, Xfinity Live, when it was proposed, the plan.
2: If you look, if you're a person out there who's never seen the original plans for Xfinity Live, just Google Xfinity Live original plans and or, see what they were going to do and then look at what they did do. So now, what, what am I supposed to believe that these grand plans they have is are they're gonna happen? Well, we do have a new mayor.
0: I don't know if she's involved in
2: I this. I mean we'll see,
0: yeah, I guess. You but know, you they, gotta give the new administration uh, a chance. Also, this
2: doesn't this kinda goes hand in hand with Xfinity Live, but they plan on like kind of knocking out some of the parking lot space down there and put which honestly I'm in favor of I'm that. in favor of that. Dude, like it's I'm, I love the sport. If you want the sports complex to survive, if you want to keep the Sixers there, you need this Which kind I of don't. stuff. Right. And, th- and that's a fair conversation for another time. But I'm saying if they legitimately do want to keep the Sixers there, right. you need to liven the area up. It's a horrible like, area. You have Xfinity live and then nothing it's but atrocious. miles and miles of parking lots. And people are like, oh, yeah, like it's Philly, and though, bro. Like, okay. Oh, it's I? Philly. It's a shitty part this of This is Philly. kind of a rant like that taps to another subject, but like it, like people on Twitter are like, you know, oh, where's everyone going to park out? We live in a city that has a uh, public transportation, and this taps That's into... That's
3: pretty dog shit, though, I'm going to be uh, honest.
2: Uh, listen, it could be better, but it works. And what I'm saying is these people... These these people that are like fear mongers on Twitter and are like, oh my god, the the, the Sixers expect me to get on the subway and get stabbed a hundred <laughs> times by a crackhead junkie who's jerking off. It's like, dude, you just have you just have these fantasy. You're just scared of the city. Like, just go ahead and say it. Like, also, like people take fucking public transportation to and from work. Like the fa- everywhere, I, like, every like day. Another thing I don't understand Ken, is stop being
0: so fucking... Stop being a pussy. What about the thousands of people that Sorry. take public transportation to where? The- the stadium is now exactly, but you have all these fucking people that
2: are from where, like I live, Northeast Philly, or, or from Jersey, outside, or from Jersey or outside the city, and they're like it's fucking Jersey. They're like, oh my god, I don't want to get stabbed a thousand times <laughs> on the. Side. It's like, dude, fuck, you're a pussy.
0: You you're just what, scared of the city, d- and you want everyone else to be. You know what's like really Sorry. not good news for the uh, violence in Philadelphia? A sect that's on Twitter. I read somewhere that Philadelphia this year is down in gun violence. But you wouldn't know that because all because you have fucking idiots,
2: former cops on Twitter, Yeah, former po- colleagues. Former former <laughs> co- yeah, posting <laughs> posting nothing but murders and you would never know that. But my my point here is that like you need to build the the sports complex up. This is perfect. And yeah, like you might get rid of some parking space, but like Maybe people could stop being such pussies and actually take the public transportation that is r- going to deliver you right there.
3: Well, the other thing too is they I think I they're you. On building parking garages anyway. Yeah, that, right. So, it's, so yeah. like you'll
2: still have parking there. And like don't get me wrong, I am not one of those people. I'm not trying to deny the fact that SEPTA could be a lot better cuz it could if our fucking city wasn't giving all of its money to other things and our, you know, all that kind of stuff. I won't get into that. But maybe we could put a little little more focus into our public transportation, build it up, and then when the time comes, you can you have a more reliable service to deliver people to these games. I, I don't very much agree. With I'm that. I'm like I'm ex- if these plans do play out, which none of us really believe they will. Yeah, no. but if they do, no shot. I would be excited. Like I like the sports complex. <laughs> I was like kind of entertaining. 76 place, you know, moving them down into the city. Like that is cool. But like if you build up the sports complex, I'm all for keeping them there because the main comp the main complaint for me and I think all of us against the sports complex. Is what I just said. It's nothing but Xfinity Live, one bar, you know, you, you have the the casino, and then just miles of parking lots.
0: You know what's funny? Like speaking of like teams potentially like moving locations, another part of Angelo's book, uh, he goes into detail about when uh, I think it was Norman Bremen or it was the owner before. It might have been the owner before that, but like one of them, like was a severe like gambler, and like. He apparently used, like, blackjack to gamble and, like, gambled, like, himself into a shit ton of debt. And so, like, he was approached by business people in Arizona that were, like, just give us the Eagles. And and he was, like, very tempted to do that. Damn. The Eagles almost moved to Arizona, like, not that long ago. That would... Ima- imagine this city without the Eagles. Well, they said that there was, like, like he was getting a haircut. Well, this is more in in his book.
2: Yeah, you don't want to give the whole thing away.
0: But the owner was getting a haircut and pretty much a mob of Philadelphia sports fans, like, did not... Treat him uh, well, and they were waiting for him. I'm
2: convinced. <laughs> I'm. Uh, he was a, like, "Fuck this!" I'm in a hypothetical world, if you were an owner and you sold uh, the Eagles to a place that far away, I'm uh, anywhere. Honestly, I'm convinced that for the rest of your life, you'd have to be on witness protection. But well, yeah. look yeah. what they did to <laughs> the, they did to the Colts. Yes. <laughs> Literally, Colts is like the perfect <laughs> example. Look what they did to the Colts. Middle of the
3: night, they just moved him out of Baltimore. In yeah. the middle of the night. <laughs> um, but, but one thing I do want to yeah, say about '76 place, I am. I was already pretty against it. Just because of the Chinatown implications of just like destroying businesses there. But I don't care about that. That's fine. You you have your opinions. Because <laughs> they're gonna get paid. But listen, can I, I'm more can, can I make the rest here, of yeah. my point? So they put out a video today of, or last night actually of when this. they interviewed Celtics fans last year about like what 76 place would be like for Philly. Right. And like how they liked having T D Garden there. Who the fuck approved that? See, people <laughs> think that's tone deaf, but I, th- but it's I, very tone deaf. I, I don't,
0: I don't view it that way. Fuck
3: the Celtics! No, no, no! Like, I don't want to be anything but like the fucking Celtics. I, if, like, I, if you're a sports fan, they're they're telling you like how so, great it but is, but, then, but yeah. then they're going, but then they're going, but we love the Sixers. We would love to have this for the. I'm like, I mean, I'm yeah. like, so I want to punch all these people in the face. I, I kind of fall in the middle I know, here. Everybody was on your side
2: with that, fall, but I didn't see the big deal. I fall in the middle here because having been to Boston over the summer, it. I got to finally, Boston like, sick, I yeah. truly got just to finally, the like, people. for the first time experience, like, a stadium experience where it's in the middle of the city. I think that that feeling, though, can be replicated by building up the sports complex. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be put in the city
0: to feel different than it feels now. You just have to build up the surroundings. I would do, like, um, like move the uh, Liberty, Liberty Place Towers to, like, the sports complex. <laughs> So it feels like you're in a city either that or build like skyscrapers but like all over It'll at the end of the day Just it'll, move center city pretty much to like where the stadiums is. It'll be
2: interesting are. to see if they do uh, actually come through with that uh, Since we have a little bit of time left here I, I want to do like Before you know, I eat Before I before dig before, the before fuck we go, in Yeah deep. So I've been trying to you know mix in the segment at the end where we all talk about little obscure topics that we've just wanted to talk about that might not get mentioned on the podcast otherwise So do any of you guys have anything that's been, been You've been wanting to talk about over the last couple yeah.
0: weeks I had an experience at a bar a couple of weeks ago where um, a fella came down to sit next to me and he's talking to me about like how like he has all these health problems. I mean, this guy's in his mid to late sixties. Okay. And he was like, I was in a coma for like a while and like, Don't all make this." this too long. and so long story short, when he was in his twenties and thirties, he was a roadie for several bands like that. That was his job. He said it was sick because, like, he was single and, like, you know, the roadies get the chicks and, yeah. like, all that stuff. And you know, rock and roll lifestyle. Well, he said one day, um, uh, Sammy Hagar, I believe it was. He was like touring with Sammy Hagar, or, or no, David Lee Roth. It was David Lee Roth, and he got injured because, like, of some fucked up shit on the um, on the stage that wasn't supposed to, like, something was set up fucked up. So, like, he sustained these like lifelong injuries. Because of David Lee Roth, which I thought was crazy, (laughs) and then he started talking about more people he toured with, and the people he got to the people I hated. He was him speaking. He was like, "Oh, these are the people that I fucking hated, and they're pieces of shit." First person out of his mouth was Bruce. I knew (laughs) it. I knew it. First person out of his mouth. Oh man, he said there was he was working on his bus, like moving equipment off of his bus, and uh, somebody dropped Bruce's canoe. (laughs) Like, and it fell on the ground. the fuck did he have a canoe? That, that's what he said. He said, first of all, why do you have a canoe here? But he said, I want whoever, like, put the canoe up there and didn't fasten it correct. I want, I want them to lose their pay. And he was like, and the guy who did it made the least amount of money there. And he sent all of his, like, checks home to his family. Damn. And they explained that to Bruce. He was like, I don't care. Like uh, he needs to learn a lesson. So
3: Bruce is a piece I, of shit. Yeah, but I mean,
2: according you, to this obscure but man, when you fuck with a man's canoe, I mean, it's yeah. reasonable that Bruce didn't kill him. So that so. was
0: a really that was that was my 9/11 here uh, <laughs> in that story.
2: Uh, Pat, you got anything? <laughs> okay. Um, the last topic I want the last topic I want to touch on. Patty's Day
3: coming up. Let's fucking go. Oh yeah.
2: The Last <laughs> topic I want to touch on. My little. This is the whole reason I want to talk this journey. up. Um, there's been a controversy in college basketball over the last week. Um, the controversy about. Uh, storming the court, mm-hmm. so Wake Forest upsets Duke. Better or worse than storming the Capitol? Uh, definitely better. Okay. Duke Duke gets upset by Wake Forest, which causes uh the, the court to be stormed. Obviously, one of Duke's best players, or maybe his best player. I don't follow college basketball that closely. Kyle Filipowski uh, has a run in with a fan where they, on first look, they collide with each other, and then he is like carried off the fucking court, basically. In the press game, and the post game presser. The coach is like he's got an injured knee. And you need to ban uh, Storming the court And the player In the interview was like This felt like a personal attack And like they personally Came at me And tried to <laughs> injure me So then
0: time goes on Alternate <laughs> angles come out Who's he think he is well, Like Malcolm X or something al- like, al-
2: Alternate angles come Thinks he's JFK out. And it clearly shows That the Duke player Initiated this contact Put his foot out To trip the guy Ooh. And shoved him And also After that First it was a knee injury Then it became an ankle injury Then two days later It was nothing but soreness and Why you avo- always lie So this Duke kid went out of his way to shove a fan and then played the victim, faked an injury, and now you have people like Jay Billis, who's like ESPN's top college basketball guy. <laughs> this is honestly hysterical. I don't know if you heard this. Jay Billis went on ESPN and said the only way to ban court sto- uh, storming the court is to let the fans do it. And then surround them with security <laughs> and arrest and detain every what? student that runs on the court. He D- said all this. Right, this is gonna. I'm not joking. He said this. All because someone like
0: made something up.
2: So this this past college basketball season that's going on right now, you've had this happen twice with this guy on Duke, and it happened with Caitlin Clark on Ohio State. Mm. Another thing, they got upset by Ohio State. They stormed the court. And she had an interaction with a fan. But upon further review, she clearly initiated the contact. Unbelievable! So now you have this national controversy about whether storming the court should be banned. And I just want to say how fucking stupid that is. They have done this for hundreds of fucking years and it was never a problem. Not hundreds of years, I'm being I'm being funny about it, but they've done this forever and it's never been a problem. But now suddenly these players are being like soft when they get upset and they're they're attacking the fans. Yeah and now it's like the fucking Duke kid who literally faked all of this has the nerve to get in front of a mic and be like, They personally attacked me. He should be uh, arrested. Like, come- like come on. Like and then yeah, Jay Billis. They should arrest all of this. Come I mean, on, grow up. Right. This is such a dumb Storming the court is one of the things that is the coolest that separates college basketball from the NBA basketball. And it kind of seems like college basketball wants to be like the NBA. But not being like
0: the NBA is the entire appeal of your sport. Of course. And storming the field in fucking uh, college football, Dude, for example. That happens so too. That's awesome. Thing. When they uh,
3: take the fucking goalposts. Yes. Yeah, And guess what?
0: <laughs> it's the opposite. It's like the fans themselves are in a fucking shit ton of danger. Yeah. There's a bunch of big fat men
2: right. running around with pads. But like my, my point is just that this has been happening for, for the history of college basketball. Players have never... It's never happened like this. And now we have players that are... You know Soft. they're they're starting with the fans, like. But here's the thing: like, shoving them and tripping them, and now like they fake injury and cry wolf, and it's like, oh, we need to ban
0: this. But do Come you think, do, but like, I and I hate like to say this because I like to think I'm patriotic. Like I love that I live in a free country and all that, uh, despite its many, many, many massive flaws. Many, many. But there are. I, it seems like like and stories like this bring it to light. There are so many stupid people that live among us. Yeah. And it's very frightening like this is a non-story. This is a non-issue and people are literally like saying that folks should be arrested for going onto a basketball court. I mean, this country's fucked.
2: There is a very funny picture that you can find of uh the kid on Duke getting carried off of the court and he's making like a cry face. And it's very funny when you look back and now you understand, like, he was never injured. Yeah. This is, here it is, right, by the way. Yep, there it is. (laughs) The face face that this guy's making. So, yeah, anyway, protected storm in the court. It's cool as fuck. If you like college basketball, it's like
0: awesome, it's electric. Um, also, real quick, rest in peace to the guy that was in Larry David's show that died. R.I.P. Uh,
2: Coolio also got a mention on the podcast yeah. today. R.I.P. Coolio. Um, but anyway, thank you so much to Angelo Cataldi for coming on. It means so much to all of thanks, us. Ange. If you're listening to this, go buy his book. March twelfth, the audio book releases on Amazon. Definitely go get that because you gotta hear that that beautiful voice, read it to you. So uh thanks everyone for listening. Uh, I should have gotten to say Ria. We'll see you guys next
0: week. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie Wonder, ladies and gentlemen, ninety eight point one W O G O.